On this episode of This Week in Linux, we're going to take a look at a new rolling release distro based on Ubuntu. Linux Mint will soon be living on the edge, AMD is experiencing some inception, and Intel is meeting their downfall. Plus, an NVIDIA Vulkan driver has been merged into Mesa Stack, Windowmaker has a new release, and then we've got some more Red Hat drama for yet another episode of the Enterprise Linux reality show that I'm calling The CentOS Saga. Keeping it real. All of this and so much more. If this is your first twill, This Week in Linux is the news show that keeps you up to date with what's going on in the Linux and open source world. So let's jump right into your source for Linux. Good news. This episode of Twill is sponsored by Linbin. More on them later. Collabora has announced in a blog post that the open source Vulkan driver for NVIDIA GPUs known as NVK has been merged into the Mesa stack and will be included in Mesa 23.3 release. This was made possible by contributions from Collabora, Red Hat, and the open source community as a whole. This NVK driver is contingent on new user space APIs from Nuvo that have yet to be mainlined into the kernel, though the necessary kernel support is planned for the Linux 6.6 release. Pharonix has done some initial benchmarks of the NVK open source NVIDIA Vulkan driver, which I will have linked in the show notes. This is good news because it shows a lot of progress for the open source NVIDIA snack. I think I said snack right there. The open source NVIDIA stack under Vulkan, so that's always great to see. And if you'd like to learn more about this, you'll find links in the show notes. This week, we are looking inside a dream within a dream at some new speculative execution vulnerabilities making their way around the tech world newsrooms. Okay, so we're not dreaming, but AMD's new attack is called Inception, and Intel is meeting their downfall attack. That's the name given to the vulnerability for Intel hardware. So let's talk about AMD's first with Inception. It's a new speculative side attack, side channel attack affecting Zen 3 and Zen 4 processors that require new microcode, while prior Zen CPUs require a kernel-based solution. AMD says any performance impact is likely to be minimal, but Michael Larable at Pharonix, the benchmarking wizard over there, has been testing that and will have some initial benchmarks for that, as well as the Intel benchmarks too. I'll have links to those benchmarks in the show notes. Next up is Intel's downfall, or as Intel prefers to call it, Gather Data Sampling, or GDS. The downfall breakdown page describes the issue like this. Downfall attacks targets a critical weakness found in billions of modern processors used in personal and cloud computers. This vulnerability, identified as CVE-2022, 40982 enables a user to access and steal data from other users who share the same computer. For instance, a malicious app obtained from an app store could use the downfall attack to steal sensitive information like passwords, encryption keys, and private data like banking details, personal emails, and messages. Similarly, in the cloud computing environments, a malicious customer could exploit the downfall vulnerability to steal data and credentials from other customers who share the same cloud computer. A series of patches have been made into the mainline kernel for both of these issues, so as always, remember to apply updates to your system as you get them. For those who are unfamiliar with the idea of speculative execution vulnerabilities, I could go into extensive detail here, but I thought it would be more fun to send you to a special episode of Destination Linux, 
Destination Linux 53 is the episode where we discuss the Spectre and Meltdown issues over five years ago. I wasn't a host of Destination Linux at the time. I became a host a few episodes later on episode 57, so check out the show notes for a link to that throwback episode of Destination Linux 53, and of course, you'll find some links related to the current security news there as well. Let's take a look at Rhino Linux, a new rolling release distro based on Ubuntu. Rhino Linux is the successor to a previous project called Rolling Rhino, which was created by former Canonical developer Martin Wimpress. And I will say that Rhino Linux has definitely got my attention. If you want to get my opinions on Rhino Linux, then I welcome you to check out the next episode of Destination Linux, which will be released this coming Monday. And we're going to take a deep dive into Rhino Linux to try it out and kick the tires, so to speak. If you are not subscribed to Destination Linux, go to destinationlinux.net to sign up for notifications so you don't miss an episode. Now let's talk about the highlights real quick about Rhino Linux. First of all, it's a rolling release distribution of Ubuntu, which is very interesting, but also they have a custom XFCE desktop called Unicorn, which is a very, very good looking take on XFCE. They also have a modified version of the uLauncher application to quickly load applications and such. And also you can begin searching through your directories with it, as well as many other features. And it also has a really interesting app grid that resembles a little bit of the GNOME feel. Plus there's Rhino Drop, which is a way to send files easily to anyone. And also there's a nice user-friendly setup wizard and a lot more cool stuff. Now, I will say that Rhino Linux is not really intended for use by everyone, but I am intrigued. There'll be links in the show notes for more information about Rhino Linux, and also be sure to check out the Destination Linux episode that is coming soon. So be sure to subscribe by going to destinationlinux.net to get information on that and to see my take on Rhino Linux. This episode of Twill is brought to you by Linbit. Linbit has been keeping digital businesses running for over 20 years. They're the makers of open source products like DRBD, which is high availability software that has been part of the Linux kernel since 2010, and LinStore, industry-leading open source software-defined storage. Linbit has an active presence in the open source community as well because they collaborate with the community to help identify and build new features to their products. Limbit provides enterprise-grade software that runs on a variety of platforms without vendor lock-in, which is really cool because no matter what your OS is and no matter what kind of hardware you want to use, including off-the-shelf hardware, you're good to go with DRBD and LinStore. And also with DRBD and LinStore, you can have high-speed replicated block storage in almost any configuration, whether it's Kubernetes, Apache Cloud, or Open Nebula. There's even DRBD proxy for long-distance replication. Linbit provides really awesome services like DRBD, and DRBD is a really good way to make sure you have good data recovery and backups. And if you ever have like a cluster with multiple nodes and one of those nodes fails, you can have rest assurance that the backup nodes will have the data that you want. So if you're interested in checking out any of the software from Linbit, I highly recommend it. So go to linbit.com to check it out. That's L-I-N-B-I-T.com. Clem from Linux Mint has announced on the Linux Mint blog that Mint will soon be living on the edge. Linux Mint will be releasing a new Edge ISO for the purpose of running Mint on newer hardware. This new ISO will have a fresher Linux kernel with Linux 6.2. I think this is great to see, and I am sure my friend Ryan of the DOS Geek YouTube channel is going to appreciate this news. Though I, it might be 
not the fastest refresh because I suspect this is based on Ubuntu LTS point releases. I think this new initiative is likely made possible because of the LTS releases because Ubuntu 22.04.3 just came out and it comes with 6.2 kernel as well. And if that's the case, the newer hardware support will likely have a six month delay as that happens with the Ubuntu LTSs as well. This is still very good news for Linux Mint fans who have newer hardware. Also, Clem provided information about the next version of LMDE, or the Linux Mint Debian Edition. LMDE 6 is on the way, and it's going to be based on a lot of the stuff in Linux Mint 21.2, but there's no ETA at this moment. And Clem also mentioned there are some plans to update their ISO production tools and fix some secure boot issues, as well as many more things. If you'd like to learn more about this, you'll find links in the show notes. Last week, we had a sad loss in the open source community as Bram Molinar passed away on August 3rd, 2023. Bram was the brilliant mind behind Vim, one of the most popular and impactful text editors ever. Bram also used Vim's popularity to advocate for several nonprofit organizations, and he was just an all-around great guy. On behalf of everyone here at the Tux Digital family, we send our heartfelt love to Bram's family and friends. Also, please check out the next episode of Destination Linux, episode 335, where Jill shares her love for Vim and a wonderful tribute to Bram and his legacy. For those of you out there who missed the Next Step days, and in particular, the GUI from Next Step before Apple ruined everything, there's a new release of Windowmaker with version 0.96. This is the first release since 2020, and you can now execute commands via the corners of the screen with the Hot Corners feature. Windowmaker 0.96 also adds new keyboard shortcut preferences, improvements for full screen applications, and more. There's also a new release of Windowmaker Live for those who would like to check it out. And of course, you'll find links in the show notes. Valve has announced that people can now purchase all three Steam Deck models as refurbished directly from the Steam store to save some money if you haven't been able to pick one up yet. Pricing of certified refurbished models are as follows. The 64 gigabyte version is $319. The 256 gigabyte version is $419. And the 512 gigabyte version is $519. Valve had this to say about the refurbished models. Each certified refurbished Steam Deck has been thoroughly tested to the same high standards as our retail units. Every device goes through a complete factory reset, software update, and an extensive examination involving over 100 tests at one of Valve's facilities. Among the tests are controller inputs, the audio system, the screen, and internals. Battery health is also assessed to ensure proper functionality and longevity. They also go on to say, all refurbished units meet or even exceed the performance standards of new retail units, although they may have some minor cosmetic blemishes. Additionally, Valve proves again to be as awesome as I think they are by providing the same full one-year warranty as new Steam Decks have for these refurbished models. If you'd like to check one out for yourself, you can find links in the show notes. A new organization has been announced called the Open ELA, or the Open Enterprise Linux Association. This organization is a collaboration between Oracle, CIQ slash Rocky Linux, and SUSE to create rail-compatible Linux distributions. The announcement states, and I quote, Starting later this year, OpenELA will provide sources necessary for downstreams compatible with RHEL to exist, with initial focus on RHEL versions EL8, EL9, and possibly EL7. 
The project is committed to ensuring the continued availability of open ELA sources to the community indefinitely. This is an interesting twist in this CentOS saga, and the announcement goes on to say, Open ELA's core tenants, reflecting the spirit of the project, include full compliance with this existing standard, swift updates, secure fixes, transparency, community, and ensuring the resources remain free and redistributable for all. Now, I suspect that this sort of thing will continue and we'll have some more enterprise Linux-related news in the future, but this kind of stuff is just kind of funny to me right now. Like, over the course of this process or this saga, it's just, it's really interesting. And I've been using Linux for over 20 years, and I've been bringing you the Linux and open source news on this show for over six years now. Most of that time, the enterprise Linux space was boring. (laughs) Enterprise Linux news moved at the speed of icebergs, However, that is no longer the case, and Red Hat made a bunch of waves a couple years ago and continue to do so, and a lot of other companies are jumping on board on that boat to swim the waves. Last time on Keeping It Rail, we covered how much absurd it is that Oracle to claim to care about open source, because based on their track record, in my opinion, they don't care. But I will say that I'm glad to see that this Open ELA is a 501c6 nonprofit organization unlike the Rocky Enterprise Software Foundation, which is a for-profit company. Now, you might be wondering, why would I mention that about the RESF? Well, it was because it is, and the RESF refers to itself as being a self-imposed, not-for-profit organization founded as a Delaware Public Benefits Corporation, which translates to a for-profit company. Of course, now you might be thinking, what are you trying to imply, Michael? Nothing. These are just the facts, and they add to the reality show that is the CentOS saga. So, actually, now that I think about it, this would probably make a pretty fascinating documentary. Hmm. Looks like I have my next project. (laughs) Anyway, it is weird to see SUSE involved in this, though, because SUSE and Red Hat have collaborated for decades, and this seems kind of out of left field for me. Uh, But to be clear... I don't have a dog in this fight. I am not associated with any of these companies or anything like that. I'm just a reporter who reports and comments sometimes on the stuff I find. If you'd like to continue to get updates and new episodes of the CentOS Saga, be sure to subscribe to Twill. Also, let me know in the comments, what are your thoughts on this news? And would you like to see a documentary based on all of this? And of course, links in the show notes. Thanks for watching this episode of This Week in Linux. If you like what I do here on this show and want to be kept up to date with what's going on in the Linux world, then be sure to subscribe. And of course, remember to like that smash button. If you'd like to support the show and the Tux Digital Network, then consider becoming a patron by you going to tuxdigital.com membership, where you can get a bunch of cool perks, like, for example, access to patron-only sections of our Discord server and much more. You can also support the show by ordering the Linux is Everywhere t-shirt or the This Week in Linux shirt that I'm currently wearing right now at the tuxdigital.com slash store. Plus, while you're there, check out all the other cool stuff we have like hats, mugs, hoodies, stickers, coasters, and tons more at tuxdigital.com slash store. Thanks again for watching. I'm Michael Tunnell, and I'll see you next time for another episode of Your Source for Linux. Good news.